0: following presentation of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast has been edited for the Midwest Sports Network feed. While both commercial breaks have been edited out, none of the actual material has been removed. For the full video stream, please visit theleewmallon.com. And now, episode 172 and the three-year celebration. Covering sports in the Midwest, it's the Midwest Sports Network, MWSN.net. Welcome to the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowan. This is a weekly podcast covering all sports in Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio. From Lima to the Ohio River and northern Kentucky, from eastern Indiana to Madison County and all points in between, this is your source of local Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports. Visit the slash podcasts to find your favorite podcasting platform. Music created with the Splash app. Time for another episode with your host, Lee W. Mowen. Three years of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. I can hardly believe it, ladies and gentlemen. Today, this podcast turns four years old. I have done this podcast for three years, and I can hardly believe it. And this coronavirus quarantine... I'll be quite honest with you, I had no idea what was going to happen to me and the podcast. Luckily, I figured out what to do with the podcast with a bunch of interviews, 26 of them, in fact, and I am planning to do a bunch more on the podcast. Don't forget to check out TeePublic and RedBubble. So let's get things underway. I got a couple of questions thanks to the other fine folks that are part of the 12-ounce sports family, and we will be covering those as this hour goes along. In fact, I don't see any reason why to hold these questions. So it's time for Malin's Mailbag. It sure is time for Malin's Mailbag. If you can send me questions and I... Catch them. I will answer them live on this stream. If not, that's what 173 will be for. So the first question I got in Mowen's mailbag is from the Sports Stance. In a shortened season, do you think the Reds have a legitimate shot to make the playoffs? Yes, I do. There's actually two questions from the Sports Stance. Thank you very much, folks. But yes, I do. And I'll tell you why. That lineup that the Reds can offer in day in, day out, I think is fantastic. I think if the Reds don't start off with a big old cold streak like they did oh, last year where they went, what was it, 1-8? and eight, Yeah, I think this Reds team can compete, and I think their offense is going to be fine in the NL Central. Well, sorry, the Central, because there's AL teams also in there as well. Pitching-wise... Starting pitchers, I feel great about. I think they are going to be fine on the starting five. Bullpen, however, (laughs) well, last year it didn't start off to be a a crutch of the team, but uh, as the season wore on, the bullpen got gassed. I do worry about that, and I worry about, you know, some of the arms, you know, First coming in. I mean, Pedro Strop did pick up his first exhibition win yesterday. We'll talk a little bit about that. But I think it'll be okay. I think, yes, the Reds can get to the playoffs in a shortened 60 game season. Can you believe that the season opens up later on the week? The Reds' first game will be against the Detroit Tigers on Friday. That's just so weird to th- say. I mean, did you really think that we'd have. Baseball or any sports until you know the turn of the new year. Uh, I was getting to that point where, yeah, I was thinking, no, no, we're not going to have sports until then. I still hope I'm wrong, and it looks like I will be wrong with you know MLS being a thing in Florida. We'll talk about that a little bit later. And the Reds opening up season had an exhibition game yesterday against a team that wasn't another Cincinnati Reds team. So. I don't know. Maybe I'm a extreme pessimist on that. But the second question from the sports stance, will Joe Burrow throw for 20 plus touchdowns this season? And will the Bengals not finish in last place in the AFC North? Yes and yes. And here's my reasons why. Joe Burrow, I think, is going to be a tremendous quarterback. Of course, a short time in college ball and having his best season last year, how much can you really read into that coming into his rookie year in the National Football League? And I've always been the type of mind to think, you know, it's not, especially football, especially if they're going to 80 players on a team. I mean, Joe Burrow is one bangle out of that whole squad. He's got to have a great year. The offensive line has to do better. I mean, granted, as the year went on last year, considering the Bengals finished 2-14, I think the O-line did get better uh, earlier on that season. Uh, ugh, let's not talk about that. And also, that 2-14 and record, yeah, it's two wins out of 16 played, but Look at most of the losses. They were competitive. There's only a few blowout losses like to San Francisco, New Orleans, you know, two great teams in the NFL. So I definitely think the Bengals will not finish last, and I think Joe Burrow will have himself a great year. Pending any injuries happening. I mean AJ Green, if he comes back this year, I think he's gonna do well. T. Higgins, you know, learning from AJ Green, who learned from Ocho Cinco. I definitely think, yeah, I think the Bengals are in for a good year. Super Bowl year, eh, let's not go there. Playoff year, eh, I, I'm pretty optimistic on that. But again, we got to see how Joe Burrow does. I want to see how that offensive line does. I want to see how the free agents do. I, I think the Bengals have definitely improved thanks to the free agent market, which is something that the Bengals... Don't really do in their history. Well, especially since the Mike Brown days began in the early 1990s. Uh, I I have high hopes for this Bengals team. Granted, my high hopes don't mean, hey, the Bengals are going to do well. I'm just a broadcaster, announcer, and podcaster giving you my opinion on that. But I definitely think Joe Burrow will throw for 20-plus touchdowns, especially if Green's healthy, Higgins... And I really want to see how Drew Sample does as a tight end. You know, especially since Tyler Eifert is no longer a Bengal. Where is he? Jacksonville? I think it's a Jacksonville. But, yes. Thank you, Sports Dance, for those questions. And another question. It's time for Malin's Mailbag. No, I don't have to keep playing that sound from my Rocaster Pro, but you know what? I like it. This is from... Cody Jansen, again, all these are from the 12-Out Sports family. Thank you, folks, for chipping in some questions. This one's a little bit out of the Sunday reach, but I'll take it because you know me. I do like sports, and this is about hockey. Could Cleveland, Ohio support an NHL team? I don't know if I still have an answer. I've been racking my brain on that, getting everything set up. I was like, can Cleveland really support an NHL team? Considering that Columbus, Ohio, and Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, have teams, that's uh, that's a lot of NHL hockey. And I, I don't know if that would work. Could Cleveland, Ohio, and their fan-supported team? Absolutely. I think that would be. I think that would be nice for Cleveland. I mean, historically, they had the Cleveland Barons, and that fun story merging with the what was it? Was it the California Golden, Golden Seals at the time, or was it the Oakland Seals? It was with the Seals, and they're out west, but – and then they finally merged into the Minnesota North Stars. (sighs) Just have – well, also Detroit, Michigan, too. I mean, that's that's three markets, and Cleveland's – you know, that's not a bad trip no matter where you go. I like the current setup for NHL, AHL with Columbus and Cleveland. I think that's a beautiful partnership. And I hope that lasts for quite some time. Now, my ultimate dream would be Cincinnati completing the I-71 chain for the Blue Jackets. Or, you know, Dayton, Ohio getting a ECHL team again. But uh, we need an arena for that. And I talk about this a lot on the podcast, but that's okay. I think the fans of Cleveland could support it. Will NHL have a team that close to three other teams in Toronto, Ontario, Canada? I don't know. I I don't think so. But then again, who am I to say? But yeah, I definitely like see Cleveland keep supporting hockey. And you know, I keep I I, I wanted to say the Q, but it's uh, Rocket Mortgage Arena now, isn't it? Won't we'll play that theme again. I'll save you your ears for once. From Minor League Rando. This is someone that I like following his stuff on 12-ounce sports, especially since he also talks about the Federal Hockey League. If you don't know, I was broadcasting with the Dayton teams when the FHL had camp here at Hera Arena. We don't have Hera, we don't have hockey, and our pets' heads are falling off. So there you go. The Bengals seem to be going all in on Joe Burrow, someone who was mediocre until last season. I mean, if you look at his stats. I mean, good. And then last year was just, you know, fireworks. So, yeah. Is the team setting themselves up for a failure again if this does not play out? Does not work out. Sorry. Oh, you know, like I mentioned, I believe that the Bengals are going to be relying on Joe Burrow as quarterback. But remember, quarterback is one position, one player. (sighs) You've got to have that offensive line working, the wide receivers, the running back. And I didn't even mention that, the first Bengals question. If Joe Mixon has a solid line, look out, because he's going to run all across the NFL. I was about to say NHL. That'd be interesting. Have a running back on ice. <laughs> no one can stop Joe Mixon, not even the ice. But that's a solid point. I mean, look at the previous cornerstones that the Bengals have tried to draft. In my lifetime, uh, you know, I mean, the first round picks haven't really worked out. Jonah Williams, I was really high on him, and then, bam, he uh, he had a season-ending injury before preseason even began. Alkali Smith, like I can mention Carson Palmer. You can mention is probably the best pick that the Bengals had in quarterback wise. Could you be disappointed on how Carson did in his tenure with Cincinnati? Uh, no, I I can't really answer that. I, I I like the work that Palmer did, and you know he had displeasures with the ownership of Cincinnati. That's fine. I I don't know, but that's a very good question. I mean, Joe Burrow was heavily you know announced as going to be the first pick out of the NFL draft this. You know, previous draft. It's going to be interesting, because if Joe Burrow goes down, there's no Andy Dalton. He's now in Dallas. And Ward on the street is, yes, he dyed his hair blue, because, you know, Cowboys' colors are blue. Actually, no, he didn't, but he's back in his uh, collegiate state of Texas, you know, with TCU and everything. Who's going to help a Joe Burrow? I mean, I forget who the Bengals signed. I know they have a backup, but... I don't know. I I think if Burrow, you know, Burrow's going to need time to grow. Don't expect that last LSU season into the first year of the Bengals. If it happens, then that's outstanding. That's great. And I love to see that happen, but I'm not expecting it. He's a rookie in the NFL. It's a lot different than the collegiate game. So, it's a very interesting point. I mean, if Burrow doesn't work out, then... What do the Bengals do? Try again for another first-round pick and see how that works. And I got Michael Hearn messaging me on Facebook. Thank you, Michael Hearn. Great friend to me. Great broadcaster in Northwest Ohio. Also does a great podcast around the Hearn. Can't agree Burr was mediocre. I, I Yeah, you know what? I, I take back what I said. I mean, it was good, but not, you know... Like he was last season. He grew into that. His last year at LSU, you know, we can't really argue on that, was his best. But, hey, Michael, hope you're doing well. And, you know, keep up the great work. He's a great guy, so definitely, you know, thank you, Michael. Uh, Like like I said, I don't have a crystal ball in front of me. I can't tell you that Burrow's going to light Cincinnati on fire or, you know, it's an overhyped package. I can't tell you that. I don't have a crystal ball, nor do I have a copy of Grey Sports on Mac that's covering 2000 to 2050. I love that movie, Back to the Future 2. I should really watch it again, but never mind. And this is the last question I got. This is from Vegas Squares Podcast. You know what? I'm hitting the button again. It's time for Malin's Mailbag. Vegas Squares podcast. They do a lot of great work with 12-ounce sports, too, and they are starting up a golf podcast as well. Do you believe Dayton had a real shot to win the tourney in March? I keep thinking back on it. What a special year that UD had, the Dayton Flyers. 29-2, and 2, Obi Toppin, player of the year, Anthony Grant, coach of the year. I mean, things... Or spectacular at the University of Dayton Arena. And it was fun. We had two great D1 programs in Dayton, Ohio to watch. You had the Flyers and also the Wright State Raiders. Although they fell short in the semis of the Horizon League tournament in Indianapolis to UIC. And then Northern Kentucky won the whole King Kabuto against the same Flames squad. I, I keep racking my brain on this. I think the Flyers could have hung with anyone. I mean, their two losses, a, a dagger against Colorado in OT. can't remember if Mackenzie Wright hit that three pointer or not for Colorado. In, in case you don't know that story, he, he did sign to be with the Dayton Flyers, but then, you know, Archie Miller takes a job at IU, and here comes Anthony Grant, and he reopens his recruitment which I think that would have been neat to see right with the Dayton Flyers, but hey, Yeah. You know. Uh, and Kansas, too. I mean, that that was a fun game to listen to on radio. I remember coming home and listening to it on 1290 AM, and um, that was tough. I mean, Dayton had a six-point lead against the Jayhawks. I still think Dayton could have... I think Dayton could have win the whole kit and caboodle, but uh, the... Uh, despite, again, I don't have a crystal ball if it happened. But, I think the Flyers might have been able to win it. I think some people put the ceiling at the Final Four. I mean, there were great teams out there. Uh, as a Daytonian, I don't want to be like, oh yeah, Dayton would have won the whole thing pfft, to everyone else. I think the Flyers would have hung tough. I mean, not counting for any major upsets that might have happened, I think the worst the Flyers would have done was Elite eight. Really, I, I think Elite eight. I think the best would have been, you know, final four championship game. So it's a very good question, and I thank you all for chiming into Malin's mailbag. And yeah, I, I I enjoy getting questions. So thank you to everyone that sent in some and it did give me a chance to play that sound effect next topic I'm covering name changes now everyone probably knows about the Washington Redskins changing the name and in fact uh, Dominic Gussler and I had a conversation about about it on episode 170 if you want to go back and listen that it was a very fun conversation and thank you to not only the big ragu That's Dominic's uh, Roller Derby name. But Gem City Roller Derby for sharing the episode as well. I do appreciate that. So how does that trickle down to Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio? Well, Washington is sometimes an opponent of the Cincinnati Bengals and the Cleveland Browns. There is a big Cleveland Browns fan base in the Dayton area, which makes a lot of sense if you think the Cleveland Browns, you know, the the history of the team compared to, you know, the Bengals' second attempt on the gridiron. But, how is that affecting sports in Southwest Ohio? Well, I'll tell you. There is a high school in Cincinnati. They call themselves the Anderson Redskins. That's Anderson High School. That's nearby where my uncle lives in the Forest Hills School District. Also sharing a high school with the Turpin Spartans. Lovely area. It's the southeastern part of Cincinnati. It's inside the 275 Loop. And it is a beautiful area. Now my take on name changes is you know we're living in a time that you know hopefully we're more enlightened more educated and learning that you know why that name is bad so i i do like the change anderson voted 4 to 1 to retire that name there at least not that i've seen there hasn't been any news on what Anderson will go by. You know, Domina gave, uh, Domina Gussler again from episode 170. He gave a lot of ideas. You know, the Anderson Alligators. That's, that would be very unique. Actually, that would be unique, but there is a team in Cincinnati that goes by Gators. That's uh, Gamble Montessori. Personally, I hope they go with the Anderson Barons, just because of the fact there was a school, the Amelia Barons, and they merged in. They didn't keep that name. And, you know, I, I do like that name, actually. That's that's why I hope they pick it. But I don't know. I mean, definitely they're not going by Spartans, you know, because they're neighbor and foe in the Eastern Cincinnati Conference. They kind of have that name. Although, to be fair, there is there's a pair of high schools on State Route 503, from where, where I'm from, that call themselves the Panthers, and one time were both Twin Valley. In fact, there's a fun historical story that... Uh, If you lived in Lewisburg and wanted to play sports, you'd have to come down to West Alex, which that's not a big trip. That's about five miles of curvy road, of course. You'd have to come down to West Alex to play instead of Lewisburg. Nowadays, it's Tri-County North and Twin Valley South, but they share similar colors. They share the Panther's name, and they share being on 503. So, personally, you know, name changes, I think. If if they feel like, you know, they're getting more enlightened. I, I like that idea. But my big debate that I like to have is where does that stop? As you heard here, Washington and Anderson High School, they're changing their names. And for the former team, well, NFL Washington, I hope they pick Red Tails just because that that does tie in with American history, the Tuskegee Airmen, that's the name of the planes. Although I've seen Sentinels might be the way Washington's going, which I'd be fine with. I mean, hey, it's unique. There are some schools that do have the name Redskins and have decided not to change it. Uh, Fort Loramie up north. There's also Wapkinetta, who got new logos very, very recently. I think a couple years back. Uh, Very sharp logos, too. Very clean. Uh, You also have St. Henry. A big time uh, player in high school football in the area, and there's also another team, and I'm failing to think what they are. Wapakoneta, Fort Loramie, and St. Henry. You know, when I've talked about this, and I, you know, thought about it in my head, Wapakoneta was the one I miss, but I, I feel like there's a fourth one, and I just I can't think of it for the life of me. Now, also in Ohio. There are schools that go by the Indians' name. Uh, You have nearby Carlisle. Uh, You also have uh, Cedarville in Greene County. You have Northwestern Warriors. You have the Wayne Warriors. You got Warriors. You got Indians. I feel like there's a team that goes by a tribe, but I think I'm thinking of William and Mary, which is not in Cincinnati and Dayton. I know my geography. I mean, personally, I think, you know, Enlightenment and... Knowledge is a great thing, and I think if schools feel like they need to do this, I'm I'm on board, and I like to see what the new identity identities look like. Like I mentioned, I haven't heard any news about Anderson's new look or new name, but uh, you can pretty much count on the fact that that's what I'm really looking forward to, as well as you know news about high school football returning, which takes me into my next topic will we see sports again this fall like I mentioned earlier in the stream I was pretty pessimistic at one point saying we're not going to see sports again I I still have my worries about the NBA and MLS playing in Florida who's had the one of the highest spikes of coronavirus coronavirus cases even in the United States along with Arizona I think Texas, California Uh, I mean, right now, NBA, I think they said that they tested 137, and there's zero positive results, which, you know, that's cool, unless it's a false negative. But, yeah, I, uh... Oh, Michael Hearn updated me. Wapkanez said they're not changing. Fort Lorimer also mentioned that, too. I got that from Stateline Sports Network, I believe. But, yeah, I... I... You know, you can have your own opinion. This podcast isn't necessarily, you have to believe everything I say. If you don't agree with me, then i Trust me, I I, <laughs> I don't have a big number in terms of listeners, which is okay. But at the same time, you know, you can have your own opinion. If, if you think that it's a crock, that's fine. I mean, my personal opinion is, you know... We're living in more enlightened times. And, you know, if you learn that that's basically pretty much the N-word for Native Americans, then there you go. But, again, going back to will we see high school football? Uh, I certainly hope so because I I miss broadcasting. I miss announcing. I miss sports. I miss working in sports. Uh, this, This year has been tough. Who thought that, you know... I start off this year, oh, hey, one of my hockey calls gets on ESPN's top ten for January 6th. It was one of those Michigan goals where you're behind the goal line, you hit it off, and then bam. It was Harry Hall, and that was his second Michigan goal. But that was the first one, I believe, that got videotaped or streamed by yours truly. So that was really cool. And then everything else kind of fell apart in March. At least I get some college baseball in. I got four games, and I reached my 500th game as a public address announcer, so that was really cool too. But yeah, uh, I I'm not a doctor. I I don't know what to tell you about the coronavirus. Uh, I wear a mask everywhere I go. I think everyone should. And here in Montgomery County, we are in level three. There's four levels. The fourth level is and gloom and you will probably have everything shut down again i think there might be one or two counties that are close to level four hamilton county i think or was it butler or was it franklin county they were close to level four but they're no longer i mean i worry about this thing i worry about the unknown i i don't know what this can do and especially since i have asthma you know that coronavirus would probably destroy me so yeah, I, I worry about the coronavirus and I wear a mask everywhere I go. Need to buy a right state mask. Uh but that's that's another topic here or there. Someone made a right state mask with the old rowdy ro- rowdy raider logo. Not the rowdy road rodeo, but you get what I'm saying. And yeah, I like that. So yeah, that's um that's neither here nor there. Let's get back. Uh it looks like we might be heading to high school football, but if you look at other states, it's, um, it doesn't look so sweet. California, I believe, said they're pushing the season back to December. And no, that won't work in Ohio. I mean, of course, December will probably have you know temperatures reach the 70s again. And then January, February, here comes a mountain of snow falling <laughs> down on the state because, of course, that happens during hockey season which is arguably my most busy season of the four. There's no off-season for me, but... I I mean, I I love to see high school football back here. I'd love to be back broadcasting Loveland Tigers football with ESP Media, because last year was a lot of fun. And I found out that my first Loveland home game, they uh, uh, shoot off fireworks. (laughs) I remember my reaction. I think I jumped like a foot on top of the press box. And it uh, <laughs> might not be funny to you. You might think I'm just a big jerk or something like that, but it's it's funny to me. But, yeah, I, 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 I get to work in my dream city of Cincinnati broadcasting high school football. Yeah. And my last high school football game before that was a couple years back. So, definitely, I want to see high school football back. How can you social distance? Well... I'm more on the side of the press box. And really, you can't. Unless you have a ginormous press box, which some schools do, but a lot of them don't. You can't really have six feet apart. You got a scoreboard op. You got someone that runs the play clock, which might be the same person, but normally there's two different people. You got a statistician in there. You got the coaches, but normally they're in different rooms. Sure. But and don't forget the broadcasters, but luckily, at Loveland, we're on top of the roof, and I I tell you, I love that view at Loveland. You feel like you're in the middle of the forest, but yet, you're only about a mile or so away from one of the busiest stretches of retail and road in Cincinnati, Mason Montgomery. Actually, 22-3 and are pretty busy, too, but that's not the point. My point is, high school football, of course I want to see it back, but you gotta watch the players, and What if you have a school that decided, nope, we're not participating in fall sports because that was the whole thing? You know, we'll let the schools decide. High school football in Ohio is big. It's one of the biggest states in the U.S. of A. of high school football. I mean, of course, you got California, Texas, Florida, like I mentioned, but Ohio, yeah, they can hold their own. Uh, there's some schools that have decided, hey, we're going to go online learning the first uh, semester, Trotwood-Madison being that school, and I think Middletown just decided on that too. Yeah, the Rams of Trotwood-Madison and the Middies of Middletown, those are big schools. And... I remember 10 years back, Middletown was undefeated in Division One, and they fell in the first playoff game at home to Wayne, and I was on the sideline for that. That's my first and only time as a sideline reporter. That was a lot of fun. That was a fun game. Wayne won that 21 nothing. They ended up falling to St. Edward or St. Edwards. One of the two. It was an Edward, and they fell by a 35-28 margin eventually. But, yeah, I... I of course, I want to see high school football back. I want to get back to work. But are the players going to be able to be safe and play in this? Remember, offensive-defensive lines. You think there's six feet of separation there? No. And do you think you can really have that? No, because then you have, you know, you got all this defense coming in. It's It'll be pretty much like a giant blitz each and every time. I... Like I said, I definitely want high school football back. And I want to write about high school football on 12-ounce sports, radio.com. But I worry about the athletes, the coaches. I worry about the people that work the games, the parents, you know. And the, you know, the superheroes. You know, the people that in the medical field. I mean, oh, I, I can't imagine. And want to thank all the nurses, the doctors, and everything that have done their best job because definitely they deserve a lot of credit. Will we see high school sports in the fall? I don't know. I hope so, so I can get back to work, but I don't know. So now we head for third to round home on this live stream, and I'd like to talk about my podcast. This is the three-year celebration of the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast, and... Yeah, year four. I never would have thought I'd been doing this podcast that long because I thought, you know, yeah, I'll do the podcast for a little bit and then plop, it would just obscure into, you know, podcast history. I keep seeing the stat. I think it's from Pod News. It says, like, out of all the podcasts available on Apple, like 25% are still active and making episodes. Now, of course, some podcasts are designed like that, but then there's others that, like, nah. Of course, this whole quarantine and no sports really hurts other sports podcasts, I know. uh, I myself was really struggling, like, what am I going to do? What am I really going to do with this podcast? Because if I don't have live sports to talk about, what am I going to do? So luckily, it took me about two weeks, and I was like, you know what? Why don't I interview more people? And like I mentioned earlier, I have done 26 interviews since the quarantine. I've interviewed voices of teams such as Chris Collins for Wright State University, Larry Hansgen for University of Dayton, uh, Steve Baker at Miami University, and Dan Hoard. Yes, I mentioned Dan Hoard, who's the voice of the Bengals, and UC Bearcats. That interview, I was very surprised I got that, and, you know, all the- you can't ask me which interview is my favorite. You just can't, because I love all of them, and it's about their stories on that episode. So, definitely, if you want to go back and listen to these interviews, the best way to do that is the LeeWMowen.com slash podcast, then scroll down towards the bottom of the page, and I have links for all the guests. Actually, I gotta double-check that and make sure I do have all the links for that, but yeah, continuing on, I interviewed Chick Lugwit, who's currently a Sports Talk host in Cincinnati and formerly the beat writer for the Bengals at Dayton Daily News. You have Don Helbig, who's been a voice of Cincinnati hockey for quite some time, and also uh, Don and I met with the Cincinnati Thunder when they played at South Metro Sports. He was the main broadcaster, I was the number two play-by-play guy, and yeah, that was a lot of fun. I learned a lot from him, and it was cool to have junior hockey and get my first taste on that because previously it's all been single-A FHL. Also interviewed someone from California, and Darrow Trujillo, and he does his own thing out west. I do want to start having interviews with other podcasters. It's just... I don't know. I don't have a good excuse on this, but that is in the cards as I'm sure this quarantine's not going to end for me anytime soon. We have a couple beat writers from Cincinnati Inquirer. Shelby Dermer, Adam Baum, uh, Brandon Seho at WLWT NBC5 in Cincinnati, Uh, Jacob Wise, who broadcasts for the Chili Coffee Paints. He would have been one of my uh, colleagues if we had a prospect league season. Also, longtime sports anchor in Dayton, Mike Hartsock at uh, WHIO, J.D. Zaba, who broadcasts a lot Dayton Hockey, now an assistant coach with the Troy Trojans. Good bunch of Trojans up there. They have Hobart Arena as their home, and they don't really have to share with anyone. By that, I mean any other high school, because Troy's kind of the last h- hockey high school team until you get up to Finley. Also, uh, David Jablonski, who's the current beat writer for the Dayton Flyers and uh, DDN also covers Wittenberg Tigers, the Cincinnati Reds. I know he's excited with the Reds returning and also OSU. Uh, Jeremy Lance, he's a commissioner of Gotham Soccer. He also sideline reports for WMOH in Butler County and Hamilton, and also broadcasts a lot of soccer in Cincinnati and Dayton, especially with the Saints and Dynamo. Greg Waddell, who's broadcasting for the Miami Redhawks hockey team, Stuart Mason. He owns his own business at MegasportsNews.com. I have the play-by-play voice of Athletics at NKU and Matt Sexton. He also coaches girls tennis at Blanchester have Chris Tilton, who's the first uh, local Preble County native I got to interview, and that was a lot of fun, just because that's where I'm from, West Alex, and he's from... actually, I forget where he's from, but he's he's in Preble County, so... I got to interview Kevin O'Boyle, who was my coworker, worker Dayton Dragons, and I released the episode the day before he passed away in his sleep. I, I I'm still heartbroken about it. I had to miss his funeral. I... He was a good friend, and definitely a uh, great interview with him. Got to interview uh, one of my professors in college and uh, Coach Jim Brown. He's the color commentator for Wright State basketball. In case you didn't get to hear that interview, one of the very first assistant coaches they hired at Wright State when you know Wright State at the time was a branch campus of OSU and Miami. Ben O'Byrne, he's the PA announcer for the Dayton Dragons. Sally Taylor, she's a hockey mom and co-host of Living Dayton on WDTN, also long-time news anchor or news reporter rather for WHIO. I remember watching her a lot as a kid on TV. Dominic Gussler, I mentioned him a couple times. He's the PA announcer for Gem City Roller Derby, and I got to interview last. Simon Reed, who owns New Star Games Limited, he helped create the game. Retro Bowl, and it's still one of my favorite games that uh, I have on my phone at the moment. So definitely a lot of fun, and man, that interview spread like wildfire. Uh, I I think that's been one of my most listened to episodes. So uh, definitely more to come. Uh, like I mentioned, I want to interview some folks that are responsible for other stations in Southwest Ohio that bring uh, local sports to the folks. Uh, there's the Butler County. Oh, uh, I'm blanking at the wrong time. Butler County High School report. I have a feeling that's not right, but they do great work. Uh Chatterbox Sports, ESP Media, of course. I got to broadcast football and little soccer with last season. Hopefully, I'll be back this year. That's me knocking on wood if you can't hear it. But yeah, I got I got some loose plans in the mix. Will I be back to live stream? I, I, I don't know. I've been thinking about it. I, my big thing is with live streams. I don't know. I, I feel like I sound like an idiot, <laughs> just because I feel like every word has to be typed in, or else I sound like a complete buffoon. Whereas podcasts, you know, with interviews, it's it's about the guest, and also, you know, I I do my best to get you know more about them through. And, of course, this podcast has always been about local Cincinnati in Sports, but uh, that wouldn't change if I start to live stream. I don't know. I mean, i like to, but my schedule, especially when we get sports back, it's, uh, uh, how do we say in the trade, very fluid, because uh, <laughs> one week I can work like five games, the other week I have like one. But I don't know. I mean, I, I like to talk about it at least, so maybe that'll be in the cards. I don't know. Three years of this Podcast. It's been known uh, as the Gem and the Queen's Crown, then the Gem and the Queen's Crown Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast, and then Dayton or the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast. You listening to this podcast means a lot to me, and you know just your listenership, you know your friendship, you know you sending in questions from Alan's Mailbag. You know it's it it does mean a lot to this podcaster. I started this podcast back in twenty seventeen. Uh, kind of as a way to say, hey, local Dayton radio stations, you could hire me and I could sound pretty good on air. I mean, it hasn't happened yet, but, you know, there's that hope. But I want to talk a little bit about local sports before we sign off. I mentioned the Reds. They have one more exhibition before the regular season begins on Friday for Cincinnati. Uh, Yesterday was the first game that wasn't Reds versus Reds, and the Cincinnati Reds came out on top 9-7 to against the Detroit Tigers. In that game, I believe there was nine home runs and five came from the Reds. Shogo Akiyama heard some cheers loud and clear from his teammates in the Reds' dugout. Of course, there's no fans. And my opinion, in case you want to hear it on artificial noise, no, don't do it. It doesn't sound right. Just have it empty. The players know that there's not going to be fans for quite some time because of the fact that, hey, guess what? You know, I mean, we're still dealing with this coronavirus and we don't really have a solution for it quite yet. Although there is some hope about some vaccines, but, you know, I'm not a doctor and this is not a doctor's podcast. This is a sports podcast. I think you knew that. So, yeah, I like I mentioned, I think the Reds will have a good year. I think the offense, if they don't slump, I think they'll be fine. Starting pitching, I'm not worried about. I like the starting five out there, including the addition of Wade Miley. Uh, the bullpen is the only thing that uh, puts a little fear in my boots. Actually, I wear sandals most of the time, but you, you get what I'm saying. I... I... I I really think that this could be a great year for the Reds. Shortened season, yes, but I I do think the Reds will do some work. And now to talk about MLS. Yes, that's right. We cover all the sports, and this podcast covers not only FC Cincinnati because you know they're in Cincinnati, but the Columbus Crew. And the reason why is because I'm the most evil person out there. No, I'm not. Uh, We talk about the crew just because at the time, Cincinnati didn't have MLS team. They had the USL team in FC Cincinnati. And, you know, I'm not going to stop talking about the crew because I like the crew. And it's nice that both Ohio MLS teams are getting new arena or new stadiums. I was going to say new arenas, but uh, that'd be nice too. But new stadiums for 2021. FC Cincinnati course getting the West End and the crew moving to the Arena District, along with the AAA Columbus Clippers, the Blue Jackets course, and I feel like I'm missing a team. Hopefully, the third rendition of the Columbus Destroyers when you know the IFL returns to action, but we'll see how that goes. So right now, it's the MLS is Back tournament. And most of the groups have been decided except Group E, which Columbus won that. They're undefeated, and I don't believe they allowed a goal, which that's pretty That's pretty good. I I think Caleb Porter will do just fine in the second year as the manager of the crew. FC Cincinnati, well, hell was certainly real that first game, giving up four goals to Columbus. But if you look at the crew and what they did in the Next two matches, yeah, I think that's a pretty good crew team. Whereas for FC Cincinnati, they did rebound, and they picked up a 1-0 win against Atlanta United FC. Granted, yes, Atlanta had 10 men on the field, you know, getting a red card will do that combined or straight red. But hey, a win is a win is a win. And this sets up a very interesting... Match tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern, Cincinnati, or FC Cincinnati, will take on the New York Red Bulls, formerly the Metro Stars, way back in the day. A win, FC Cincinnati's in, and they'll move on to the round of 16. A tie, well, FC Cincinnati, they should be in, but there is a couple of situations that would give the nod to New York. A loss, that pretty much puts New York in. Because right now, uh, New York and Cincinnati have the same record in Group E. Uh, the other teams that have clinched a spot in the round of 16, you have Orlando and Philadelphia in Group A. Group B's got San Jose and Seattle. Group C, Toronto FC and New England. Group D, Sporting Kansas City and Real Salt Lake. Also looks like Minnesota might have clinched as well. Uh... Keep in mind, FC Dallas and Nashville withdrew from the tournament. I thought Houston did too, but looks like they're not advancing out of Group F. Again, Group D advancing is Sporting Kansas City, Real, Salt Lake, and Minnesota. Group E, Columbus right now, and that second spot is up for grabs. Again, FC Cincinnati with a win or a draw are more likely advancing. A win will definitely put them in. Group F, Portland, the former home of Caleb Porter, and Los Angeles Football Club. And that's your look at the knockout stages. Last day of the knockout stages will be tomorrow. And your final will be August 11th at 8. It will be on ESPN and TSN, which I always thought was like Toronto Sports Network. I think it's just the sports network. It's like ESPN Canada, if you will. Semifinals begin August 5th and... Quarterfinals begin July 30th. Round of 16 will begin a little bit later, July 25th. Orlando City will have the 3 CDE of that group. Uh, Some of the matches already determined Philadelphia, New England, and that's it. I want to thank you, the listener. Uh, I mean, Throughout these three years, if I didn't have any listeners, I don't know, you know if it all was for naught. But yeah, I appreciate all of you, and I don't know what the future holds for this podcast. I mean, I'll still continue on, but live streaming, I don't know quite yet. I mean, it'd be nice to continue on that, but again, I got a busy schedule. Well, I did pre-coronavirus, but there you go. If you want to follow me, I'm at the Lee W. Malin pretty much everywhere, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And you can follow the podcast, same platforms, Cynday Pod. C-I-N-D-A-Y-P-O-D. The Lee is my website. Go there for interesting stuff. And the LeadWMallin.com slash podcast, the press kit, you can buy stuff there. This is Lee W. Mallon signing off. Thank you for joining me today. We'll talk to you again for episode 173. For listening to another episode of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. To subscribe to this podcast, please visit spelled theleewmowen.com, spelled T H E L E E W M O W E N.com, then click on Podcast. From there, you can find your favorite way to catch new episodes of this podcast, such as on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify tune in the iHeartRadio app Pandora and many more platforms follow along on social media by liking the Facebook page the Cincinnati and Dayton sports podcast and follow along on Twitter at Cindy Pod and the Lee W Mowen feel free to send in future questions for Mowen's mailbag on Twitter or Facebook the closing theme was created with the splash app available for free on Google play and the app store. This is Lee W. Mowen signing off. Let's talk local Cincinnati and Dayton sports again on the next episode.